Hey, once again, uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome today, the week after Easter. Um, we have a lot to be able to look back on last week and be able to celebrate and, and like to be able to just kind of spotlight that for a minute. I mean, we, had a, we had a full house. We had great music, great worship. We had a number of people who made a decision to say, um, Jesus, I want you to become the center of my life. That was like the most important part of what happened this last week. And all in all, you know, Easter, we like to say, is, uh, I think I heard Drew say this last week, it's like the Super Bowl of, of church. Um, but there needs to be the next week. Like there needs to be a follow-up because you can't just do this once a year. Now, for those of you who are church people, you should have said amen. For those of you who aren't, you probably would just be like, all right, I'm listening. You don't just want to do it once a year. Um, like last week was a great week where we were able to, to express to God how much we love him. And we also were able to sit by some friends and, and just like connect with those who are really important in our life here just a great, uh, great week. Um, I want to point out something this week that's different. Um, the week after Easter is really big for me because I get to wear what I like to wear the week after Easter. On Easter last week, I wear what my wife wants me to wear. Any other guys like that? My wife made me wear the most uncomfortable pair of shoes I own. Um, I had to tuck my shirt in, wear a jacket. Any other guys, you just ready to untuck your shirt and wear some comfy clothes? All right, here, here's the deal. You need to thank my wife that I don't just preach in short sleeves and flip-flops every single week, because that would be my preference. Um, she she kind of makes me, I got a couple of amens, all right, I'll take that. That would be my preference. Um, but anyway, like the week after Easter is a big deal. It really is. It's almost, it's almost an exhale. You guys have those really important events in your life, and when you're done, it's like you're you're glad to be through it. It's not that you wanted to skip it, but it's, it's like the exhale afterwards. You know what's really important about the exhale is you're still breathing. <laughs> you made it through. There, there's actually more. It's not just about a big event. There is actually the next week. Uh, some of you have had great encounters with, with God, and what's wonderful about those encounters is not just that moment that you meet him, but that he actually has a plan for you for the next week and for the next day. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, this morning, we're continuing in our, this new series of talks called To Change a Life. And we're focusing on the stories that are captured in the book of Luke, of Jesus's interaction with individuals. And um, these stories are from all over the region in Scripture. They're from all different kinds of people, all different kinds of circumstances. But there's one thing that is consistent in each one of these stories, and that is that this encounter that they had with Jesus changed their life. Now, how many of you guys have had experiences before where you, um, maybe you saw something, you read something. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've read something and I just thought, this is life-changing stuff. But the next day I realized it really didn't change my life. I recognized how good it was and how powerful it was, but I didn't let it change me. Guys, I would, I would venture to say this. That describes probably 90% of church people. You hear great stuff. You read wonderful things. You encounter God in powerful ways, and you recognize how powerful it is, how significant it is, but somehow it never made it into your life to actually change who you are and how you live. And again, this is 
part of what we're looking at today. We're looking at this story of 10 lepers. We're going to talk about what leprosy is here in just a moment. But our focus today is actually going to be drawn to one leper in particular and how his life was changed with this encounter that he had with Jesus. Scripture tells us Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He hadn't got there yet, but he's on his way to Jerusalem, and he stops in a village. He walks into this village, and he's approached by 10 leprous men who stood at a distance. Now, just about any kind of skin disease in ancient times was grouped into this category of leprosy. It was, it was a gross disease. It really was. Um, it was incurable at that time, and it often led to death. So it was a... It was a big deal. A leper was required by law to tear his clothing. And, the, and I know it sounds kind of weird, to mess his hair up. It was, it was like a weird... Requ- that people needed to be able to notice at a distance that you had leprosy so that they wouldn't come into contact with you. And so they were required to tear their clothing, to look unkept. It wasn't just that they were unkept people, but They were required also, as people started to approach them, to to yell, unclean, unclean, to keep people away from coming into contact. Now, the closest we can get to that today is when um, when you get a cold and you come to church and people come up to you and they're ready to give you a hug or to give you a handshake and you're like, oh, stay away. I've got a cold. I don't want to give it to you. Imagine living your life like that. Stay away from me. Don't touch me. Don't come close. You might catch what I have. That was leprosy. That's the beginning, just a picture of what leprosy was in those days. So these 10 leprous men come to Jesus, but they keep their distance. And so they raise their voices, Scripture says. They're, They're yelling to him from a distance, and they're saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, they didn't, they didn't say, Jesus, heal us. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And I think that becomes significant as you start to understand their life circumstance now, where they live and what's going on in their life, because this leprosy was a disgusting disease. And I, I know it's gross, but it's real. Their fingers and toes would often rot off. It was a, uh, a dis, disfiguring disease. It humiliated them. And as I mentioned, they believe this disease was highly contagious. So once an individual was diagnosed with leprosy, they were actually quarantined outside of the city into what they called a a leper's colony. It's where the lepers lived. And nobody who was healthy went there, and nobody who had leprosy was allowed to come in. This meant that they were away from their friends, away from their family, separated from their loved ones. Imagine never being able to hug someone in your family ever again. Imagine never being able to kiss your spouse ever again. I mean, there, there, was, <clears throat> there were large ramifications for somebody who contacted leprosy. And we're going to pick the story up right here. It's found in Luke chapter 17. You have this passage in your bulletin. You're also going to see it on the screen. But this is the story. The lepers cried out to Jesus, have mercy on us. And you can understand what they're asking for in uh, in part here. And this is where it picks up. Luke chapter 17, verse 14. 
It says, he, Jesus, looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, I want you to see here before we move on. In order for them to be deemed healthy and allowed to re-enter the city or allowed to re-enter civilization, a priest had to deem them cleansed. So Jesus told them, go show yourself to the priest. While they're still leprous, go show yourself to the priest. So there's some amount of faith that these guys had that, hey, Jesus told us, let's go. And it says that as they went, they were cured of their leprosy. The next verse says this, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked him, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So we have 10 lepers who asked Jesus for mercy, and they received healing. And then we have one leper who went back to thank Jesus, and he received something more. And we're going to talk about what that more is because it's significant in this story today. I mentioned there's one leper in particular that we're going to focus on, and guess which one it is. It's the one who who came back to Jesus. And I want to point out there's three perspectives that we're going to look at today. Three perspectives that you can draw from this man's interaction with Jesus. The very first one is this. A relationship with God is greater than receiving from God. A relationship with God is greater than receiving from God. These lepers, it said, they crowd out in a loud voice, Jesus, have pity on us. And we can just in part, we start to understand that it's from the depths of their heart they're crying out for more help than you and I could ever comprehend today. Remember, this disease had not just attacked their physical bodies, but it had caused them to be rejected by society and isolated from their loved ones. They were wanting healing so desperately that they could enter back into life, really. But I want you to recognize something, and this really is significant. I want you to recognize that they settled. It's going to be a really common theme in our, in our talk today. See, many people settle for God's first act in their life, and they miss out on the best of what God has for them. These lepers were desperate for healing, and we understand, again, in part why, but they weren't longing for a relationship with Jesus, and they actually missed out on the greater things that God had for them. Jesus said, where are the other nine? What he did in this one leper's life, he intended to do in all ten. I think you need to understand that. What he did in this one leper's life, he intended to do in all ten. Where are the other nine at? They missed out. Now, exactly what they missed out on is, is uh, we're going to see here in a minute. But Jesus said, as you would read through the Gospels, uh, the stories of Jesus throughout the Bible here, you would recognize Jesus saying this on a fairly consistent basis. There are many people who seek my hand, 
but they don't seek my face. Those are Bible terms. He said, they want to see a miracle, but they don't want a relationship with me. They want me to do something for them, but they aren't really interested in a relationship with me. And so the Lord tells us throughout Scripture numerous times <coughs> that we're to seek his face first and foremost. We're to seek a relationship with him above everything else. One of the Scripture verses that we've used um, very consistently um, really in the last four months is in the book of Matthew, chapter, uh, chapter 5, when Jesus says, um, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else I'll take care of. But seek me first. And so there's this consistent theme throughout Scripture where God's trying to direct us. Hey, don't just look for me to do something for you. Come after me, after a relationship. It's the most important and it really is going to give you what you're looking for. See, there were 10 lepers who approached Jesus for the physical healing that he offered. All 10 of them were looking for mercy. They were looking for that healing. But the one who came back to him discovered that a relationship with God was greater than anything that God would do for you. This is what he discovered. Nine lepers missed it. One got it. He discovered a relationship with God is greater than receiving things from him. So he got healing and so much more. And the details of that are in this next perspective here. Number two, complete wholeness is greater than physical healing. Wholeness is greater than healing. When this story was written, um, it was written by one of Jesus' followers named Luke. And when Luke wrote this, he was, his language of the day was Greek, and the words that he used were, were translated, of course, into English. And you know there's oftentimes a disconnect when you translate words. Perhaps you've found that as you've traveled to different countries, or maybe right here in America, even, that, that oftentimes there's things lost in translation. There's something very significant. There's two words in this passage that I want you to, to, to point out. Um, and in fact, if you've got your bulletin, notes today. You ought to circle these two words. Just take a moment here. Um, in the very beginning of this passage, um, it says this, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. I want you to circle the word healed there. One of the lepers saw that he was healed. Now, the second word that I want you to circle is at the very end of this passage, Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I want you to circle the word healed there. Healed and healed. In the Greek, they were very different words. And it's actually incredibly significant that there is a difference here. We translated both of these words to healed, but here's what the first healed, when the, when the leper noticed he was healed, the Greek word means physically healed. In fact, your Bible might say cleansed. The leprosy was gone. There was a physical healing, Okay. The second time, when Jesus used the word healed, it's actually a completely different word. I love this word. It's the word sozo, S-O-Z-O, sozo. Today, we would translate that word wholeness because it involved physical healing, spiritual healing, mental healing, emotional healing. So when this, when, when this leper came back to Jesus, he had already been physically healed. Scripture says when he came back to Jesus, he got sozoed. He was made whole. Wholeness 
It's greater than healing. But a lot of times we stop and we settle. Nine lepers settled. And you, you would think, what do you mean they settled? They were healed of leprosy. Man, they were able to get back into life. They were reintroduced to their family. What do you mean they settled? Listen, they settled. They stopped short of wholeness. And again, guys, I would recommend, I, I would suggest that, that we're not just looking at this ratio of 90% in the story. We're looking at probably the same ratio in our church today. 90% of people settle along the way for far short, far less of what God actually intends to do in your life. Once again, God's desire was that all 10 of these lepers would have gotten sozoed, would have gotten wholeness. One leper received it. He got healing and so much, so much more wholeness is greater than healing. And when you settle for healing, you miss out on wholeness. Now, again, that, that builds to this final perspective here. Number three, life change is greater than a single encounter. Life change is greater than a single encounter. Some of the interactions that Jesus had with people in Scripture didn't produce the spiritual change that God intended. I feel like I keep repeating things. Maybe it's because I'm looking for your faces to go, oh, yeah, I get it. Listen, some of the interactions that Jesus has with individuals don't produce the spiritual change that God intends. It's still true today. A single encounter is fantastic. It's wonderful, but it is far short of what God's plan is what he intends in your life, that very first encounter is significant because it's step one, but it's the beginning of wholeness. And you don't want to settle. You don't want to stop there. You don't want to miss out on wholeness there. So again, we find people who settle. They settle for being moved one time. There may have even been excitement or there may have even been emotion or tears, <clears throat> but there was not an opportunity for life change because they settled. This one leper went back for more. Now listen, the fact that you're in church the week after Easter means that you came back for more. Maybe some of you guys felt bad because you missed Easter last week and you're here this week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I, I want to make sure you understand this. Coming back to church doesn't equal going back to God. You can be surrounded by worshipers and not be worshiping. You can be surrounded by people who are following Jesus and not actually follow after him. It's really not about coming back to church, though that may be a step. It's coming back to God and it's saying, God, man, you did something great in my life last week, last month, last year. God, I don't want to settle. And that's a constant theme in my own life. You know how easy it would be to settle 20 years of ministry and just settle? And you could fill in the blank. 20 years of whatever, five years of doing this, 10 years of this, and it's just easier to settle. That's a constant theme. Guys, in your walk with the Lord, 
God may have done some amazing things in your life. But you can't settle. I think if this one leper had this megaphone that he could shout through the centuries to the church today, it would be don't settle. God has way more. You have to come back to him, though. Don't go home with your healing. Go back to Jesus. He's got wholeness. and Wholeness is greater than healing. So this life change, far greater than a single encounter. What does it mean to go back to Jesus? It means that you go back to him and you give him an opportunity to do more than he's done before. Here's what I've recognized in my own life. Some of the greatest things that God has done in my life came after God did something for my life. He did something for me. And it was me coming back to him and saying, God, thank you for that provision. I want more. God, thank you for that healing. I want more. See, oftentimes we take what we received and we walk away. And we miss the point that those gifts, those things that God does for you are supposed to draw you to him not satisfy you. We're, we're, we're way too easily satisfied. We settle. We settle for our healing. Does, is, is healing wrong? No. Ask those nine lepers, man. It changed their life in that sense. Healing's fantastic. We settle for the provision. We settle for the miracles. And we don't take that next step to say, God, but I want you. A relationship with you is far greater than what you do for me. When we come back to God, we give him the opportunity to do the greater things in our life, to take that next step forward. So again, some of the biggest things that God has done in my life have come after God has done something for me. When I I come back to him and he has gained greater access to my life in those moments. And it's true for you today as well. When you recognize that a relationship with God is more important than receiving something from God, it it results in wholeness. God can do the entire work. Now, here's what I think. I don't think that we necessarily pursue wholeness. It's not a word that really resonates with our culture today. It kind of sounds girly, uh, for one. sounds kind of churchy. Sounds old, I don't know. But the things that wholeness represent, absolutely everybody in this world is pursuing them. Fulfillment, security, stability. That's what wholeness is. We look for them all over the place. But it's important for us to see this, this one leper modeled this for us in a way that it's difficult to grab a hold of in other In other ways, when we go back to Jesus, after he's done something for us, when we go back to him and we say, I want everything. I'm not just interested in you doing something for me. I want you. When we do that, we open ourselves to the wholeness. We open ourselves to the sozo, that word, what Jesus wants to accomplish in us. And he desired it for all 10 of those lepers. There was only one who responded. Guys, I want to be that one. Whatever that ratio is in the world today, whether it's one out of 10 or one out of 100, or maybe you're the only person on your block or the only one in your family, I want to be that one. He says, God, I just don't want to settle. 
man, thank you for doing this. Thank you for providing that. But God, those, those are things. I want you. And this one leper, he came back. He said, thank you, God. Jesus looked at him and he said, your faith, you believing in me, your, your trust, this relationship here, now you have more than physical healing. Now you have wholeness. Now it's a process, it's a step, but some of your Bible translations may even use the word salvation. It was in that moment that that leper went from just being healed to saved to whole. And maybe, maybe you find yourselves here today and you realize, you're just honest with yourself, that somewhere along the way you settled. Maybe it was, maybe it was that you, um, you settled before you said yes to Jesus, or maybe you said yes to Jesus a while back, but somehow you, you got off and you got distracted and, and you settled for something else, something less than his best, something less than sozo. You settled. Listen, you're in good company. Happens to all of us. Guys, but listen, listen to this leper. Don't settle. Don't fall short. Don't miss out. God has wholeness for you. All the things that you want inside and maybe you have a hard time articulating, they're going to be found in a relationship with God. That wholeness. Everything you're looking for. And so maybe today, again, you've, you would just admit to yourself that somewhere along the way you settled. And, and I want to give you an opportunity to not settle today. I just want to give you an opportunity to take a step and just say, God, today I'm coming back to you. It's been a long time. Maybe it's been a week. Maybe it's been a month. Maybe it's been a year. Maybe it's been a long time. I'm coming back to you and I'm opening myself because I want you. I want everything that that relationship is going to do in my life and everything that it means. That's what I want. And today I just want to give you an opportunity to take that first step. And here's what it looks like. It's really very simple. It's a decision in your heart to say, God, I want you right back in the center again. Like, you got to lead. I tried my best, <laughs> but I need you to lead. I want to I follow you. And if you've never made that decision, I want to give you an opportunity to do it today. Also, maybe you have made that decision, but you realize that somewhere along the way you settled as well. It's just an opportunity to recenter yourself. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us, but Lord, we don't want to settle. We don't want to settle for anything less than the wholeness that you have for us. And we realize that comes through a relationship with you. And so, Lord, today we thank you that you made it possible for us to have a relationship with you by dying on a cross. And um, God, we ask that you'd, God, I ask that you'd forgive me of my shortcomings, my my mistakes, my sin, that you'd forgive me of my sin. And I invite you to become the center of my life again, that you would lead me from this day forward. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, here's what I'd like to ask you to do on the connection card that's in your bulletin. Just flip it over, and on the back side, there's a box that says yes. And here's why I'd ask you to, to 
do this for us as a church. We want to pray for you, encourage you, support you through this whole thing and, and just this, this adventure of, of going after God and, and pursuing wholeness, everything that God has for you. And so if you would take a moment to just check that box and put your name on there, we don't need, we don't need contact information or anything. We just want to know who we're praying for and that you made that decision. And um, there's two things that you could do with that card. One of them is, uh, at the end of our service, just a few minutes, we're gonna have some prayer teams up front. And if you would take that card and hand it to them, that would be fantastic. If that's a, maybe a big step for you and you'd, maybe you're just, uh, maybe that's not your personality. Listen, no problems. On your way out today at the Welcome Center, there's a box on the Welcome Center. Just drop it in there. We just want to be able to pray for you, and we want to be able to celebrate as well. So let's take a moment right now and congratulate those who made that decision today. And we're going to close, and uh, Pastor Michael's going to come here in just a moment and lead us in a response. And I just want to encourage you. There are lots of different ways in our life that we settle. I get it. It's a, it's a pretty constant theme throughout life. And it's one of those things that we have to continually be encouraged. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. God has nothing short of wholeness, completeness for you. He's got sozo for you. That's his plan for all 10 lepers, for everyone in this room, for everyone that he's created. His strategy, his desire is wholeness. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your loving investment in our life. You've, you've done so many things for us and we're grateful. God, we recognize that the greatest things are gonna be fulfilled in a relationship with you. And we don't wanna settle, Lord. So God, we, we come back to you and we ask that you would do something in us, not just something for us, something in us, God. This relationship with you, we want the greater things. And as we pursue you, Lord, we ask that you would, you'd bring wholeness. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen.